Shapeshifters. Niels Kuman is chief executive of Vumatel. He's our shapeshifter. Why is he our shapeshifter? Because about 12 months ago, we spoke to him about a crazy project. There was a suburb in Johannesburg that had decided it was fed up of waiting for Telcom to come to the party to uh, provide it with fiber. It wanted to um, go independent of te- uh, of Telcom. And increasingly, you talk to people in Parkhurst and they're about to take themselves off the electricity grid as well. They're a little bit single-minded in that part of Johannesburg. But since then, um, we've seen other suburbs in Johannesburg and maybe other parts of the country as well also relinquish their ties to Telcom and it came through in last Monday's Telcom results where we saw that they'd lost 1.3 million landline customers. It was a big drop off in landline customers, a huge impact to the bottom line of Telcom as well. So what is happening in the world of fiber? Neil Skuban, Chief Executive of Vumatel, nice to see you. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Are you overworked and underpaid? <laughs> yes, probably at the <laughs> moment. So explain to me how this works. I mean, what were you doing five years ago that suddenly changed 12 months ago? Well, I think we sort of, um, in South Africa, the submarine cables sort of started to connect to South Africa about, what, 10 years ago, maybe yeah. somewhere around there. And then obviously the major cities were connected and, and then the metro fiber, which is sort of the connecting the major banks, the cell phone towers, etc., got... Uh, was being deployed and and we got involved in that through one of my technology firms from overseas, the Birchman Group. And we saw an opportunity to do fiber to the business, which is sort of fibering our business parks, um, you know, the classic area, Santon, um, all through the all through the country. And when then, you talk about fibering a business mm-hmm. park, now explain to me: is there a big fat cable that goes down most streets or most big arterial routes in a place like Joburg, for example? And then a little bit like if you want to tap in as a new, if you build a new house, you tap into the water mains, you tap into the gas if you're uh, in an area where there's Igoli gas, for example. Does it work? Is it the same principle? It is the same principle. Um, at the moment, we have a lot in sort of the sidewalks in the, in the arterial um, areas of, 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 of the cities. Um, but that last mile, what we call the last mile, connecting the home or individual businesses to that infrastructure is the complex but you know it sort of it's a, exponentially grows the complexity of of deploying the the network for that last little bit to get to every single building in the different configurations that is required. Okay, so it's, so you experiment then, I say use mm. the term loosely, um, in business parks. And business parks mm. are quite easy because you might have 10 or 20 businesses in a small That's business right. park. Everybody gets to agree that, yes, we need better connectivity. That's probably quite simple. It is. It is. It, it, um, the landlords have got sometimes their own ideas about how it should happen and, and makes it a little bit complex. Um, but but that is a lot simpler, a lot simpler problem than what we're trying to solve with fiber to the home, um, because you don't have some pre 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 um, determined amount of, of of subscribers which you can sort of determine in advance. So it's much yeah. more model orientated type of approach rather than a. Um, pre-sale. So he comes up with the bright idea that we can actually do this on a suburb by suburb basis. Was it the suburb of Parkhurst themselves that came up with it, the Residents Association? I think so. Um, We also had the business case already and the the project plan already filed away somewhere from from, um, discussing this over a couple of whiskeys as you do. Um, And when Parkhurst came to the fore and said, well, look, we're sticking our hands up. Somebody come and please help us. There was a tender process. Yeah, there was a tender process, but we were were armed for that process through past experience and also having thought through the problems that might 
you might encounter in doing something like this in advance. Now, one of the great areas, and everybody who lives in a suburb or in, even in a, in a gated community knows that you've got people who are terribly proactive and you've got people who will be the early adopters and they will be the guys who drive the process and they'll be terribly hungry for it. And that's maybe, what, 10 20% of a community, like-minded individuals. Mm. Then you've got probably another 40% who will either take it or leave it, and f- another 40%, or maybe a smaller percentage, maybe are being unkind, who can't wait for the others to do all the hard work and then wait to capitalize on the early movers initiative. Is that sort of what happens? In it, is sort of a f- it is sort of a fair assumption. Um, what happens, though, is that because the current services that the, the residents receive is so poor, it makes the amount of agitators a much larger pool that you would have had traditionally for any other type of service. You know, in South Africa, I think the average broadband speed is 3.8 megabits per second, and these old Johannesburg suburbs is closer to one. Um, and now they've got a gigabit per second service. So, you know, it's like 250 times faster than the average speed in South Africa. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's important for the information age. Um, no, absolutely. And for anybody, I mean, I, I was a bit of a Luddite for, for quite a while until I started to do a working bit more like a gypsy and a bit more remotely. And suddenly internet speed matters. Um, and and you, you then cast your mind back 10, even 10 years ago yeah. when we had dial-up modems and the... Right. That dreadful sound that wakes some people up at night and probably wakes you up at night. Yeah. And suddenly you realize how far we've come. So yeah. suburbs agree you'd go for the tender process. You take Parkhurst, you win the tender, and Parkhurst is now off the – it's independent. It's got fiber into the suburb. Now, how many, what percentage of the homes in Parkhurst are subscribers then um, to Vumatel? More than one and two, so at least more than 50%. Already. Uh, okay, and so they're early adopters, so you, you need a certain percentage, no doubt, in the suburb to make it worth your while to yeah, actually we, do it. We, we aim to have sort of a moral commitment of around 30% from What's the community. What's a moral commitment? We believe that somebody's words still mean something. It's very early Brave. stages, very <laughs> early stages of fiber to the home, and for yeah. the for the for the residents really to understand what the pricing is going to be, how it's going to affect their lives, it's very difficult for them to go and sign on the dotted line without really having to experience it. So we ask for a 30% type of moral commitment from the residents. That means that it's been socialized throughout the community far enough. There's enough interest for us to build. And when we build that, they will take this up. Okay, so another 20% have taken it. Not everybody wants fiber in the home. Not everybody wants the internet. Some people are happy with mobile telecoms. They'll sit with a 3G signal Mm. or an LTE signal and be satisfied with it. They just surf on their mobile phone or on their iPad. They're not going to be big users. But more than half a suburb commits, and 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 Parkers has got a particular profile, younger crowd, and Jenny Chris Williams lives there. That's right. Um, and the, you see, my producer's caught the joke, <laughs> the unkind joke. You were too well mannered for uh, for that. Um, but she runs a business from home, yes. and for those sorts of people, it becomes incredibly useful. It then spreads. And uh, Caroline this evening on my Twitter account goes, they're digging up our pavements in Greenside, and I have never been so excited to see so much mess. Um, go Vuma, she says. Um, so you've then won, I suppose, another tender process in Parktown North and Greenside. So these are adjacent suburbs to, to Parkhurst. That's right. Yeah, so we've got um, Greenside and Parktown North will finish. Let's say the fiber will all be ready by in the next couple of weeks, um, and then the reinstatement of all this mess that we make will take maybe another couple of weeks. But then Kalani, Rivera, Parkwood, Saxonwold, Blair Gowrie, Linden, they've all committed already. It's like a virus. Yeah, so it's about nine, ten suburbs already, which will be done by the end of the year. And 
Plenty to go next year. How then does this work? Because we've got the undersea cable which arrives mm. in South Africa. Then somebody's got to provide that next bit of cable to a central point from yeah. which you can feed. Now, is that central piece of cable from the sea to the city, is that a telecom cable? No, that'll be a dark fiber Africa cable, some independent open access operators, maybe a um, broadband infraco or fiberco. There's a bunch of players that have fiber that actually provides that connectivity at the moment. And so, and then you would then do a deal with them, uh, with whoever's got the closest cable to you, to connect to their service that connects to the undersea cable that connects to the internet. It's really the service providers that do. We okay. provide the infrastructure. We give them a central point where they can interconnect with our network, and from there they find the international bandwidth. And the so how do you make money? I lease the lines to the service providers, um, and they s- sell it on to the, to the consumers. So I could be an MTN business customer or I could be a telecom customer. I could be a telecom customer. You could, customer, in theory, be. <laughs> um, and they could then lease the line from you. Are, That's right. Are they big on leasing your lines? I, I think it will take a while before <laughs> before I think that the penny drops. Um, but yeah. but – the the classic internet service providers they all you know that's the way they work in the telecom world and that's the way they work in in our world. But the but the price of everything is dropping and yeah. broadband costs are plummeting. The yes. cost of leasing lines is that's dropping right. all the time. Aren't you in a in a in a business that is in a race to the bottom? Well, I think the by creating an open access network like we do, which is really take separating the infrastructure layer from the services. So I don't compete with my customers, the service providers. Yeah. I aggregate the demand across all of them. They don't have to make the capital investment and we do not have to duplicate the infrastructure. means that it's sustainable for me um, over a longer period of time and, and that capital will be recovered. It's definitely not the two-year type of return. No. You know, it's more utility type. The lifetime of the asset is about 20 years. Um, and they can make their money on the services. And, and the real competition lies at their level. How do they differentiate? Because it's commoditizing Broadband's being commoditized. A, ca- a cable's a cable. Yeah, but but it's a it's a big investment to make, and as soon as somebody's actually deployed the infrastructure, it's really difficult for a second or third player to come. Well, what is the capital cost of of, of wiring a Parkhurst? Um, that'll be about eighteen to twenty million bucks, and that's the cost you put up front. Yes, you put it into the suburb. That's right. And then the residents go, yeah, should we use his or should we not? Yeah, but you have to. You have to trust that the market, you know, that the market will follow. And then overseas, we've got sort of a bellwether by looking at what happens overseas. Um, we don't have the cable TV type of infrastructure that sort of acts not as an interim, interim between yeah. copper and, and fiber. Um, so it's quite a big leap forward. And if you project 10 years forward, as you said now from the dial-up, imagine what you would need in 10 years' time. No, absolutely. You need great and big need sewerage pipes right. of, of fiber. Right. You know, no. you really do. We'll talk more about this in just a moment. Neil Skuman is the chief executive of Vumatel. Any questions for him or any demands that he comes <laughs> to your suburb or why he hasn't come to your suburb or why your suburb is not cooperating, uh, why your neighbors don't want to talk to you about it, any tricks as to how you can get your neighbors to be more cooperative. Neil Skuman is tonight's shapeshifter. He's the chief executive. Of Umatel. You know what's coming, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. What, what are you doing this time tomorrow? Well, it sounds like I might be sleeping on the street by the That time is excellent. <laughs> excellent. Okay, because your, your customers are, are Joburg customers. Yes, You're in Joburg. You're a Stellenbosch-based guy, but you, you travel up to Joburg a That's lot. Right. I happen to know your sister, and I've, I've given her a call, and <laughs> I've said to her, Anshin, throw your brother out on the street tomorrow, please. And she's agreed. 
Yeah, no, I'll be happy to do that. It's probably good to experience what it would be, what it yeah. would be like. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's a, it's a brutal environment. Cecile, uh, Chief Executive Number Two Hundred and Forty Six um, <laughs> has agreed. Thank you very much. Um, so l- let's get the documents. Um, yeah, sign them up in blood. Yeah, yeah, we'll get the syringe. We'll take some blood. Um, we look at the phenomenon of, of what is happening with fiber to the home, and a lot of people don't appreciate the magic. That happens. People think it's about the internet. Um, I, I, I watched a, a, an episode of an old series about World War II the other day on my smartphone um, using Wi-Fi. And that was kind of awesome. And Wi-Fi is a result of great internet. And great internet comes about as fiber to the home. Mm. How much of a threat are you to Established businesses like, I don't know, Multi-Choice, for example. Now, Spouse Trading Update uh, comes out today. Their profits are up 25 to 30%, courtesy of Tencent in China. Multi-Choice in South Africa is their biggest business on the African continent. Is this fiber to the home a big threat for them? I think it could be. If, if they don't, um, I suppose, adapt fast, fast enough for in in the environment the content that they have they've obviously got lots of content that they can distribute and they have some local content which maybe other overseas providers do not have um, but the Netflixes and the Hulus and the, you know the overseas video on demand type of service providers are coming to South Africa and at the moment they're really reticent because there's not a lot of access to really have a, a enhanced experience for the consumer because the They've got, a, yeah, they've got a monopoly, yeah. But it's a catch-22. Without the access, there won't be content. But now that access is actually there, Nexus, the Nexus might be broken and the content will come, which potentially could act as a threat. Obviously, there's the sport and all of that that's really well, it's differentiated. The li- it, it's the live stuff where mm. they've got uh, a leg up, I mean, particularly right. the live stuff. The sport, if you're a news right. junkie, if yeah. you require a Bloomberg feed, yeah. if you want to watch yeah. CNBC, you need to that's have right. um, the live stuff going on. But I mean, it won't take long before no. the before we get ca- the cable TV providers. You can tap into a US yeah. cable network for yeah. goodness' sake. Yeah, I think at the moment we can see some of the behaviours changing in Parkhurst, where people would switch off in theory their their multi choice um, service and go and sit in the pub and watch the rugby. You know, the overseas type of experience. Where in general, how many beers could you drink for nearly eight hundred bucks a month? Yeah, yeah you don't. Have, you yeah. can watch quite a few rugby games. Yeah, so it is. Yeah. It is a theoretical threat. Practically, whether that will happen, you know. It depends on how everybody adapts to the changing environment. I yeah, I mean, what do you see as the big opportunities for guys like yourselves? Because you're not working in a vacuum. You've got quite a lot of competitors. Mm. Um, you know, just across the, the Bramfontein Sprite from where you've installed in Parkhurst, you've got other companies working in places like Craigle Park and Craig no, Hall. Right. I mean, there, is there a, a race to, to lay down cable faster than anyone else? Yes, it's sort of trench warfare. It's a race, <laughs> you know. It's trench a bit warfare, of a, literally, because you've got to dig the trenches, yeah? It is a bit of a land grab. Um, there's lots of Competitors that's come out of the, the woodwork um, because there's such a lot of demand. I think um, in Cape Town there's a couple of competitors in Durban. There's trying to satisfy the local, you know, their local sure. needs in their local communities. Um, and I think it's great for South Africa. For me, obviously, as competitors, the, the business case is absolutely poor. Don't go there, etc. Oh no, it's shocking. You're never going to make but, a living out of this. You'll be bust within weeks. But in but yeah. in in reality, it is really good for South Africa. It has spurred the incumbents on. When you look at the global studies as to what the, the impact fiber to the home and fiber to the office mm. has 
on economic growth. There are studies which show a very strong correlation between ingenuity, innovation, job creation, all of these things that are made possible by people who simply can work smarter and more efficiently wherever they choose to do so. Absolutely. I think um, there's some studies that show that investment in, 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 in connectivity infrastructure, you get more bang for the buck than you do in just any social other cause because it's got such a lot of um, additional benefits that, that the community gets. It reduces travel time to work because you might might work from home a lot more. Yeah. You know, there's so many other aspects that, that it brings to the fore. So, no, I think it's great. It's great. Gillian in Bryanston wants you there. Um, uh, somebody in North Riding wants you there. Others say want you all <laughs> over the place. Um, Simon says, I gave up DSTV. I go to Pirates Club in Greenside to watch the rugby. Um, so, Simon, I mean, yeah, and, and that's good for Pirates. And clubs need all the support <laughs> they can get. So, I suppose it's, it's shifting the decks on, on the Titanic. What is the next phase then in, in this game of, of Fibre to the Home? I think it's now uh, a deployment race at the moment. It's really to, to fibre up the, the main metropole areas, the, the inner Joburg circles, the, the northern suburbs, you know, out into the gated communities, the, the Cape Towns, the Durbans, etc. And then probably it'll go on to the secondary cities from there. Yeah, I, mean, I was bumped into Alan Craig Jr. at the airport the other day. He's got a big project going on in, uh, in Pretoria and he That's says right. it's going terribly well. Mm. Is he doing what you're doing or is he a service provider? No, he's, um, this project is his way, which is um, deploying free Wi-Fi um, to but communities. But they need a, need a backbone to, to attach that to. You provide the backbone, they then latch onto the backbone. Fiber providers, those um, arterial type yeah. of metro fiber providers provide the backbone for, for his Wi-Fi devices. And they're doing a great job. They're using local government funding to provide free Wi-Fi to, to communities where, where there's poor, poor connectivity and, and, and maybe the income group is not of the nature that, that could support sure. the fiber to the home trench solution. Uh, Peter Hendel is not on Twitter this evening. If he was, he'd be shouting at me. He'd be saying, but what about cancer? Are we gonna kill, is everybody going to die as a result of fiber to the home and Wi-Fi and better internet connectivity? No, I don't, don't believe so. It's not, it's not really a, um, what do you call it, an over-the-air type of solution. It is pure light flowing down glass pipes to a device in your home. So the the probability of that really having any health issues, I think, would be would be of inconsequential nature. Neil Scobarton, who is the chief executive of Vumatel, shaking up the world of fiber to the home.